the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Happy January 23rd to you. You're listening to me, Rob Black, talking about the economy, talking about the stock market, talking about investing. From time to time, I go into personal finance, and from time to time, I go into other issues like how to buy a house and how not to buy a house. Uh, so we'll try to hit as much as we can, as often as we can during this show. We can talk about massive, easy success stories like Netflix. I get the feeling that one's coming back up numerous times today um, as they had a blowout quarter. Now, again, what's interesting is they didn't make that much money. Their profits weren't that great, but their growth was. And that brings up you know, the first argument of the day of what do you look for in a company? Are you looking for revenue growth? Are you looking for earnings growth? Are you looking for both? Are you looking for share buybacks? Um, I was speaking with Mark Dannon this morning. He's a television news anchor at Channel 4 Cron. And he said, I'm kind of getting tired of all these buybacks. It's like the wealthy making the wealthy-er. <laughs> and I'm like, you are such a communist. Like, corporations should have a decision to do with their cash what they want to do with their cash. If they want to save it for the future, so they acquire things. If they want to buy back shares, uh, and he's like, no, no, they should give it back to the people. They should, you know, uh, invest in infrastructure, invest in building, you know, getting jobs created. It's like, and then get taxed for it. Like, come on, you communists, you're making me laugh. Don't make me laugh. You're gonna break my my rib, and then I'll have to sell my rib to McRibs. McDonald's sales. Yum, yum, give me some. Uh, McDonald's ribs sales missed as fewer customers visit its restaurants. Uh, bit of a problem. Again, short-term problem. This is a company that made a billion dollars. No one is going to go out there and say, uh, McDonald's is finished and done, that it's going to zero. Wall Street tends to wait on McDonald's. They go through these bad quarters, bad years. And then they get one or two good quarters, and things seem to be back on track. And Wall Street's there pushing the stock to a new 52-week high. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's a thing. It seems to be the story. I know you're saying, please don't break into one republic's story of my life. Please don't do it. Please. I promise I won't. So, what do you want to talk about today? McDonald's, they said their sales missed as fewer customers visit its restaurants. That's a bit of a problem. You know, um, I'm of age now that I don't go to McDonald's often. I've got enough 
money and I'm far enough away from that age that that was food to me it's just that now again do I love their french fries absolutely on vacation kind of thing but not on a regular basis um, but to hear that fewer customers are coming in when you go into a McDonald's take a look around take a look at the client base are they the ones who are benefiting right now from stock buybacks? Are they the ones who are benefiting from, uh, are they unemployed? Are they employed? Take a look at their customers. And again, I'm not making a decision here for you. I'm saying you need to, as an investor, take a look around and start learning some of the stuff of what do you like and what do you not like. Jobless claims in the United States edged up to 326000 uh, again, this overall trend for the better part of two years now has been pretty good. So the leading economic indicators, the existing home sales, the economic data is pretty solid out there, of which uh, first-time unemployment jobless claims, um, any number under 400,000 is, is good. Any number under 350,000 is pretty good. So these are pretty good numbers. Um, seasonally adjustments happen here. But that's why I've also been saying, like, this is a pretty good two-year run that they've had. Southwest Airlines shares are edging up. They had a fourth quarter profit jumping 170%. Woo! That suggested excludes some certain items, of course. Operating revenue rose to $4.4 billion. Analysts had expected earnings of $0.29. Cents. They pulled in $0.30. Cents. Roughly $212 million of profit. That firm reported strong demand, which it expects to, con- it to continue into the new fiscal year. The airline projects a year-over-year increase in first quarter 2014 unit revenues. Stock up about 3% in today's trading. Union Pacific stock alike. I was not one of those cute and adorable kids who had a trading set. I was raised a poor black child. I did not have a trading set. Which, for the record, one of the greatest opening lines in a movie. The Jerk, Steve Martin, late 70s, when he was, I was raised a poor black child. Of course, my family loved it with the last name Black. Um, but Union Pacific Train Company. Income rose 14%. Operating revenues rose 7%. It's a transportation company. We cannot have a healthy economy and a healthy job market without healthy transports. Of which, when I look at the transports, planes, trains, and automobiles, the ones that I like the most are the trains because they seem to have the least amount of competition. Okay, think of it this way. Let's put it another way, right? If you were to go into a bar, do you want to go into a bar with 50 other men? With 10 women? With 20 other men? With 10 women? Or with five other men with ten women. And that's why I like the planes. Sure. The UPSs and the FedExes. They don't have a lot of competition, but some of their competition is the trains and the tra- truckers. But no one could do what tr- what trains do. So no one. The sheer amount of loads that they can carry is impressive. And it costs... It's even more impressive. Trucks, which I think we all, again, I wasn't a kid who played with trucks. I was a poor, poor black child. 
I think we all love trucks, right? We got a great big convoy trucking down the line. Which, for the record, BJ and the Bear, one of the greatest TV shows in the 1980s. Craig Evigan plays a trucker who goes from city to city solving crimes. But wait, wait, there's a twist. He's got a monkey in the cab of his, his truck. What executive, what producer pitched that to a TV executive? Who was higher? Who was more high? Who was the highest of the two? Who was smoking dope? Who was on crack cocaine? The guy pitching the show? Okay, it's about a trucker that goes from city to city and falls in love with a beautiful woman. But wait, he, he solves crime. Okay, where's the sizzle? Where's the sizzle? I need the sizzle. Oh, there's a monkey in the cab with him. Does the monkey solve crimes? Sure. Does the monkey fall in love? No, that'd be gross. But you get the idea. Who, who approved that? And why can't that get approved today? Now we just get these dark, broody um, police dramas. I mean, his kid died, and now he's solving a murder about a kid dying. Dun, dun, dun. Did the market just go to hell in a handbasket? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to report the market just went, went to hell in a handbasket. SP 500 is down 17, the Dow is down 171. The Nasdaq down 43. You can find me online at robblack.com, Twitter Rob Black Show, Cron4, Facebook, Cron4 Rob Black. That's Facebook, Cron4 Rob Black. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. There's a phrase out there that as California goes, so goes the rest of the nation. California's not looking that good right now. The housing recovery we've seen in the past couple of years has largely been driven by the West Coast. One of the big problems right now is home affordability has slipped aggressively in the last two years. Home prices in California plunged 42% from their peak in March 2008. Then they rebounded about 36%. Depending on what market you're in, you're either been made whole again or you're still far off. Um, it differs like golden clay. Housing affordability has started to fall. Only one-third of California households can afford to buy a house, and only 21% in San Francisco can afford to make a purchase now. Um, and I think the number is actually a lot lower. If you were to skew out the high-paid engineers... If you were to skew out stock options, I think the number's really, really low. Um, just from anecdotal evidence. We have the SP 500 down 15, the Dow down 144, the NASDAQ down 37. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, question for you. We talk about setting priorities to get to where you want to in your life. You know, enough money for retirement, enough money for a house, enough money for your kid's college, enough money for an emergency fund. But that's only step one. Step two has to be having a budget. A budget's not fun. A budget's not sexy. 
You know, most people live paycheck to paycheck, and they kind of hope that they have enough money in the last two, three, four days of the month and that they're not bouncing checks. Fuck budgets. Well, yeah, and, and let's talk the fact that, you know, people come in and everything runs off your budget. I mean, even yeah. your asset allocation, especially in retirement, um, your whole asset allocation, how much you have in cash, stocks, bonds, real estate, it, it's all driven on how much you're going to spend at a gross level in retirement from your income needs to pay to keep the lights on, the entertainment, the taxes, the health care costs. It, it's all run based on the budget. And a lot of people come in for a financial plan, right, without having done the work on their own. How much do you spend on a monthly basis? And you, and you hear this on radio all the time. People are, they call in and they were asked, they're asked that question. They him and hon, they don't really know. So... When you have a budget, it's kind of humiliating because, again, you start factoring in just strange concepts. Phil Mickelson, he was got famous for basically saying California was too expensive for him, that his taxes, his 39% income tax, his 13% state income tax, so that's 52% right there, his 6% payroll tax, oh my. He's like, when he's all said and done, he's like, I'm paying 62 to 63% of my income to taxes. And then you get people like me who say you've got to save 15% of your salary. So he's right there at 77% of his income goes out the door before he has anything to spend on coffee, cars, houses, his wife. <laughs> What's well, his marginal bracket? So first of all, if he's really at that rate, he needs to get a new advisor and a new CPA. <laughs> so, but it is. It, it is, it is hard because there's so many things you can do, especially when you're self-employed like, yeah. like that guy is, um, to, to shelter that. Um, you know Phil You know who Phil Mickelson. Yeah, the golfer. Okay, right. lefty. Yeah, and he quickly apologized after he said all that. Um, look, the, the the thing is, is that you've got you can't do any financial planning until you get a handle on your spending. Until you you really sit there and itemize what you do. And if you're wealthy, you don't tend to say I'm only going to spend X number of dollars per month on eating out. You tend to just track it so that you know on a quarterly basis are you above or below where you projected yourself to be on an annual basis. And, and that's part of your annual financial review, if not biannual review, is to say, what did I spend over the last 6 to 12 months versus what I projected myself to spend? Right. And there's so many tools out there. Um, our clients get a wealth management site that tracks all their investments, does all their projections. It also can track their spending, much like Mint.com um, can do. LearnVest is another, LearnVest.com is another uh, place that has a tool like that that's had some good reviews. It's the first step. Before you hire a financial advisor, you really need to get a handle on your expenses because it might be your own eye-opener to say, oh, I spend too much money in this area, and I could be saving that for retirement. Yeah, I spend too much money on restaurants, that's for sure. Yeah. And until you actually have software like Mint or you know, any sort of budgeting software, you can't really be honest with yourself. And again, I like the visual. When you see it, then you're like, whoa, I spent $18,000 last year on restaurants. You're like, that's a lot of money. I could have eaten at home and saved a ton. Well, and it, it will also, based on your zip code and your region, it'll tell you how much other families are spending in those same categories. So you can get an idea. Are you way overboard? Or are you in line with what the average person is doing? Anything else that we need to know about budgeting? Um, when it's longer-term budgeting and forecasting, again, it's being realistic about how you want life to be okay. and, and figuring those items in so you can make those decisions, as we talked about many times before. Is it sometimes just working a couple of more years can allow you to achieve so many more of your goals at a more safe level in terms of how much money you have to live till age 100 versus retiring at a specific age. So if you're 50 years old and you're projecting outwards, say, I still want to have this RV. I want to have this vacation home. I want to be able to remodel my house. 
setting those into your longer term budget and cash flow will help you be realistic about your retirement date. Um, and too many people are retiring early or they retire and then they come in for a plan after that and it's a very painful conversation. And I've seen people literally in tears to, to, and tell them, you, you retired too soon. You should have seen me before you turned in your notice. It's pretty common. Yeah. Because there's kind of an arrogance of it. There's kind of a, I'm all powerful, and then you realize you're really not all that powerful, and it really wasn't that much money, and it's tough to get rehired later in life. Especially in, yeah, there's a lot of age discrimination. Do you ever do anything tricky with your budget? Like, um, for instance, a lot of uh, businesses have toilet paper in the staff bathrooms. Do you ever, like, say, I'll save some money on my groceries and my toilet paper buying by just stopping off at work and grabbing some? <laughs> Those are tough times. I've been so I, haven't, I haven't done that. I do. I will take a ream of paper home for my home printer. But other than that, I remember in college. I don't think I ever paid for, uh, toilet paper. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I'm sticking to that story. And Lysol. You know how workplaces always have cans of Lysol laying around. Yeah. Anyhow, I'm Rob Black. That's CFP Chad Burton. He's a certified financial planner. He manages people with wealth. You can find out more about him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black. Um, it's earnings season. Earnings season is report card season. Report card season is always fun. Um, interesting to note, um, today we're going to get Coffee Maker, Coffee Play, um, Starbucks talking about basically the consumer. And retail looks like it's been dead the last 90 days, but the consumer looks alive and well. How is this kind of playing each other out? We'll talk about that. We'll take a look a little bit at that, obviously, tomorrow after they report numbers today when the market closes. Um, to get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Coming up on the show, I'm going to be speaking with Chris Siaccia from thestreet.com, talking a little bit about Netflix and some of the recent things that he's written there, see if anything else is in the market that's kind of tweaking him as far as stories go. Um, this is a market made up of stories. It's a market made up of earnings, and when you combine the two, it's pretty damn entertaining at times. Each calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Big story of the year, Netflix stocks soaring 16%. It's already having a big year this year. It was the biggest winner last year on the S&P 500. Netflix is one of those companies that is kind of ingrained in our culture from the red envelopes when they used to deliver DVDs, which they still do. Uh, but long story short, it's more about streaming than ever before. Let's bring in from street.com, Chris Acacia. Uh, Chris, how are you today? Good, Rob. Thanks for having me back. 
It's good to be back. Um, let's talk Netflix. Uh, what are you seeing? What are you working on right now in the company? This is a mo- the, the fourth quarter was a monster number. It blew past all of Wall Street's metrics. 33 million plus of streaming subscribers. Earnings blew past estimates, and the company actually gave pretty decent first quarter guidance, expecting 35 million streaming subscribers, which kind of shocked me and the street, and that's why the stock's up 17% this morning. Okay, the subscribers were great, the revenues were great, the expansion were great. was great. Uh, two issues. They don't earn a lot of money, and it costs them an enormous amount of money to have this content. Are you worried about either of those two issues? That's always been the bear case on, on the stock, Rob, is that the company is not really profitable, and that content is increasingly getting more expensive. The company only had uh, $5 million in free cash flow for the fourth quarter as it continues to reinvest in its business. And it's also going to take out an additional several hundred million dollars in debt to help pay for its content. It has over $7 billion in off-balance sheet liabilities. This is a big issue for Netflix down the line, but not right now. So. If I'm a shareholder right now, I'm riding the wave, but eventually this might come back to hurt me, but not right now. Netflix CEO Reed Hastings is talking a little smack about HBO. Uh, one is a broadcaster and one is a streamer, kind of. Um, both of them have some cross-currents with each other, but is that the bottom line what's happening here? Is the way we're consuming television, we're just not sitting on the couch at 8 p.m. anymore? Yeah, that's definitely the way um, we're consuming content. This has been going on for a couple of years. People have mobile devices, whether it's an iPhone or an iPad or, or whatever you have. You're on the bus, you're in the car, you know, on a trip or something, you're on an airplane. You're watching content whenever you want, whenever you want, no matter what time it was originally shown. So this is where Netflix and H- products like HBO Go and Hulu and to a lesser extent, GoGo Vision are really kind of capturing our attention. We're sitting there with these devices in front of our eyes, whatever it may be, and we're watching the content when we want it, how we want it. And the great thing about Netflix is that you can start watching a movie on your phone, you go food shopping, or you take a call from your wife or whatever, then you go back to your TV, you start and you finish watching it on your TV or your iPad or whatever. And that's the really great thing about Netflix is that you can use all these different devices and they're continually adding new devices as they come out. So this is a really great thing. It adds so much convenience to the way that we consume entertainment and that's why you're seeing so many people continue to subscribe to Netflix. Speaking with Chris Siaccia from TheStreet.com. Chris, I kind of try to get, I'm in the business of thinking of ideas and one of the things about Netflix recently that I've seen is that when you log in, they now say, do you want to watch Netflix for kids or do you want to watch Netflix? And why can't they spin off Netflix for kids and charge parents six bucks a month? Or why can't they get programming live sports and start Netflix sports? Um, many, many, many years ago, I joked about them starting a porn channel and calling it Skinflix. Why not do it and charge nine bucks a month? Um, is that the future of Netflix? Do they have to continue to add programming and maybe even to split into some new channels like ESPN has done with ESPN2, ESPN University, ESPN West Coast? Is that the future, would you say, or, or are you seeing something different? Netflix has talked about um, continuing to add content, so obviously that's always going to be something they're going to add. I'm not so sure whether they go into adult entertainment. You know, they've kind of 
kind of shied away from that. Um, so I'm not sure whether that's going to be in their future, but you know, if if the customers want it bad enough, Netflix might eventually just cave in and do it. What I do think, um, I'm not, and I'm also not sure whether they start caving off or uh, or carving off, you know, specific um, Netflix channels, whether it's you know sports specific or finance specific or you know whatever you have. Um, Netflix does really great job of knowing what you want. So okay. people have different viewing habits, whether it's sports or comedy or drama. So they kind of tailor it that way. So they're not so sure that they're going to start to carve off different channels and make the product a little bit more complicated than it has to be. What they did talk about is multiple uh, pricing strategies, which might be uh, you know kind of the way that they go. Um, they talked about having three different pricing strategies eventually in the future, um, and they want to make the product simple. They don't want to make it more convoluted because making it more convoluted probably would start to tailor off their streaming subscribers, and that's really what the company's future is built off of. So the, the more simple that they can make it, the better it is for Netflix and its users. I found it interesting. One of the things that they were talking about is charging eleven ninety nine a month, but allowing you to share your passwords with friends. And that almost seems like they're acknowledging, winking, calling us out that some people do share their passwords. And why do they not try to stop that? What's what's in it for them to allow us to have multiple IP addresses tied towards our programming contents? They want every. They want their subscribers to become addicts. HBO. Okay said this the other day, that they don't care whether you share your HBO Go password. And and Reed Hastings on the conference call last night kind of said that that was a quote-unquote interesting comment, and he actually gave uh, HBO CEO Dick Plepler's uh, email and password in, in a joking manner on the conference call. But they want people to really get hooked into the Netflix user interface, so they don't care if you're sharing subscriber password information with someone else, whether it's your roommate, your wife, or whoever, because eventually they know that you're going to stay on there, you're going to keep consuming content, and there's a chance that ultimately, if you know, that ultimately you get your own Netflix Pass account, so that's really what they want. They want people to keep using their services and become addicted to it. So whether they use two or three multiple passwords or two or three multiple people on the same password doesn't really matter to them. Anything else that you're looking at with Netflix that you find interesting that maybe you'd call barstool commentary for me? Anything that um, just makes your head scratch and go, like, will they be a standalone company? Will they not? Anything you see that we need to know? The one thing that is concerning to the company's future, and they kind of passed this off last night, is the prospect of net neutrality. Yep. That's a really big issue for Netflix, for HBO Go, and for a lot of these streaming services because they're really data intensive on the internet uh, on the internet service provider. So you're getting your internet from your cable company, whether it's Comcast or Time Warner or whoever it is, and you're using Netflix. These are really data intensive. So net neutrality says that the cable companies and your internet service provider can charge more for these services because they're using more data. Netflix obviously is against that. On the conference call last night and in the shareholder letter, Reed Hastings said he doesn't think that's going to happen because that would probably be a poor PR move. I tend to agree with him, but I do think that over time, companies like Verizon, Comcast, or whoever you're getting your internet from might tweak pricing and 
start to tweak Netflix a little bit. So we could see Netflix raise their um, subscription prices, and that might hurt subscriptions down the line. So this is a big issue to keep watch on for 2014 and 2015. It's not an immediate issue, but probably later towards the year when we get some more clarity on the regulations about it and into 2015. This is really a big issue for not just Netflix, but the streaming and entertainment com- er, uh, sector of the economy as well. Thanks very much. It's Chris Siaccia at thestreet.com. You can find his writings. He writes about companies that ultimately we care about, and he writes arguments. Um, some of them you will agree with. Some of them you will disagree with. The stories of some of these companies, the rise and fall of Netflix. Not that long ago, Netflix was a $6 stock left for dead. Here they are today sitting at or near 52-week and all-time high, up 16.5%. I highly recommend uh, thestreet.com as a source of articles. Um, and insights into you know the machinations of Wall Street. Um, a little bit of journalism going on there, and that's a good thing to see versus um, the church of what's working now, per se, on some other media outlets. The S&P 500 is down 17 today. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 166. A little bit of volatile. NASDAQ's down 40. Wall Street plunges on some earnings and some China data. McDonald's sees fewer customers and some sales disappointing. Um, the fewer customers and sales disappointing, you know, again, for McDonald's, it's that's kind of like a flea bite. It's not to be totally brushed off, and it's certainly not to say that you're going to lose some market performance um, in the long term, but maybe in the short term. Um, McDonald's is interesting because they make billions of dollars. Um, on a pretty regular basis. They improve their quality of food. It takes longer to make the quality of food. People get upset. If they lower the quality of food, people go, lowest common denominator, it's really not even food. How can you make you know, a, a jug of french fries that, uh, for you know, 55 to buck <laughs> fifty-five when you can't even buy potatoes for that price? Um, McDonald's obviously working through some issues. Um, with that said, I think it's a long-term name that you look for opportunities to get into. Uh, but if you're looking at what's working now, it's Chipotle. It's it's fresh food. It's organic. It's things that are closer to you and me uh, versus the outsourced and processed foods of McDonald's. You can find me online at robblack.com, Twitter, Cron, uh, Rob Black Show. You can find me on Facebook, Cron4, K-R-O-N-4, Rob Black. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Stocks are lower, the S&P 500 index down with managers who are Berg Market Minute. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. This is Chris Siaccia from TheStreet.com. I'm really proud of the three Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday guests that I get. Um, And as I see fit, I'll add more. And as long as people bring something to the table that helps you, I'm good with it. Sometimes it'll just be even repeating what you already know. But that's important as well. Pretty good article out there today on baby boomers and dental care issues. 
and how there's really not a really good way to do dental care in the United States with insurance. That the best way to do it sometimes is a tax advantage savings account or to budget for dental care throughout your whole life. Uh, you are born with a set number of chompers, you know, that they are, you know, uh, ravaged. I sleep with a bite guard. Uh, I know it's really sexy, right? Just because, and I don't even need it per se, just because it, it helps protect my teeth. I floss daily because it helps protect my teeth. Um, a little bit of floss, yeah, it also like gum disease and other issues. It's, I'm not just trying to save my teeth from $60,000 for a mouthful of ha- implants. So that's a benefit for sure. But for just general sanitation and, and you know mental health, um, I think it's important to have a clean set of chompers. So that's something you should consider, is setting aside maybe $500 a year for an emergency fund tied towards your your teeth at some point in time because you're probably going to use it. Uh, I know, you know, one dental implant, if you've got one bad tooth, one bad root canal, quickly becomes six, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000. Herbalife is getting hit pretty hard right now. Um, it's a company that is incredibly shorted. They do sports drinks, nutritional drinks. They've got a little, you know, Herbalife bars that you can go to and hang out with other people who want to drink these crap beverages. I mean, the chocolate beverage. Um, on top of it, you can sign up for the club and you can get others to sign up for the club and you can sell your beverages to your friends and family and get them to sign up. Um, someone from Massachusetts, one of the attorney generals, is asking for more data from the company and for an investigation into the company. Will it go to zero as a short? No, no clue. No clue whatsoever. I don't like the business model, and I don't like the fact that people fight over the business model. Some people love it, some people hate it. That's too much for me, if you know what I'm saying. Um, what else do we have to talk about? It's a good question. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Southwest Post, pretty solid quarter. Netflix, pretty solid quarter. Um, you're seeing a cheerleader sue the Oakland Raiders, which is pretty interesting. I'm f- remember the Raiderettes. Football is fabulous females. Um, claiming she wasn't paid properly. Claiming that she only gets $1,250 for the whole season. That's $125 a game. Um, it's less than $5 per hour for appearances at games, rehearsals, and charity events. She says they're not even paid until the end of the season, and a lot of times they don't even get paid that full 1250 bucks because you get fined for late arrivals and other infractions. She says, I love the Raiders, I love being a Raiderette, but someone has to stand up for the women of the NFL who work so hard for the fans and for the teams. Um, okay, so being boring, gorgeous, or what have you, not enough. Do you feel bad for cheerleader compensation? Now, again... 2013 was a year where people were like, uh, McDonald's doesn't pay a livable wage. McDonald's doesn't pay a livable wage. Of which no one ever accused McDonald's of being a career that would pay a livable wage in the first place. And this gets into the whole, you know, wealth issue in the income gap. Economic mobility, it hasn't changed that much. And yet the income gap, I think everyone can say that it has. 50% of people, you know, think circumstances beyond his or her control is the income gap problem. 35% say it's lack of effort. 
what has more to do with why a person is rich. 51% of the respondents say they worked harder than most other people. 38% say they had more advantages. Pretty interesting, right? So cheerleader not having a livable wage. I mean, to look that beautiful, it probably takes all day, right? And you get $5 an hour. That's half of what you get at McDonald's. Do you feel bad for the cheerleader? Yes! In your face, lady! Or do you feel pity for the cheerleader? That she's already being objectified as a thing of beauty? Of which, uh... (laughs) You know one of my my favorite jokes is I I once made out with a a parader cheerleader's mom. And you just stop. You say, I once made out with a Raider cheerleader. And you go, her mom. And that bomb of her mom just is like, oh. Okay, so maybe not. Netflix having a good day. Is there money to be made in investing in marijuana, i.e. pot? Legalizing marijuana is a big trend in the United States right now. There's some, uh... How shall we say, dope investments, green grow technologies, uh, hemp and grow life, medical marijuana. They all trade on the OTC bulletin board. They trade for less than a dollar a share. I would be very, very cautious on anything that trades on the OTC. That means over-the-counter. It's not uncommon for stocks to rise or fall by 10% in a single trading session here, so speculation can mean a vacuum, and you can do very well, or you can get destroyed. So there's some real estate investment trusts that own malls, uh, real estate and strip malls. They might benefit from the influx of the new tenants. So I would look for something along those lines, and that would give you a lot less risk of seeing your money and your investments go up in a puff of smoke. (laughs) I will be here all day. Oh, good God, I just hurt myself. I think I just pulled something in in my groin, and it wasn't what you think. Holy mackerel, that hurt. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Let's take a look at the market numbers. Our number one is in the books. It's off the Smithsonian. This is one of the greatest hours of radio ever. The SP 500 is down 18. The Dow is down 175. Things have gone to hell in a handbasket. Ladies and gentlemen, please consider packing up and seeking shelter. The NASDAQ down 41. The 10-year treasury sits at 2.81%. Hey, it's Flint Lockwood here from Swallow Falls. My friends and I... Feeding America is a nationwide council. 8562424 Rob We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Good day. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. 
Max out your 401k. That's the best financial advice anyone will ever give you, especially when you're young. If you can't do that, figure out a way to do that. And if you can't figure out a way to do that, there's something wrong with you. And again, I mean that with peace and love, peace and love. As Ringo Starr from the Beatles once said, people with access to 401k plans for at least 30 years will likely have enough money for a reasonably comfortable retirement. That's the fact, Jack. That's an upshot on a new study measuring how Americans will fare in retirement. The combination of Social Security benefits and 401k will provide most people with at least 60% of their inflation-adjusted pre-retirement annual income. More than four in five American workers between 83 to 86% are likely to generate 60% or more of their pre-retirement income. Not bad. Between 73 and 76, people will achieve 70% of their pre-retirement income. Are you ready to cut your income in retirement? Interesting question. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't even thought about retirement. Like that's my dirty secret is that I kinda wanna work till the day I die. I'm good with that. Who wants to sit around like an old fart? Sit on the porch and look at birds. I think bird watching is overrated. Now what I'd rather do is go fishing with Chewbacca. Keep in mind, I don't even know how to fish. Chewie's going to help me, he says, and it's not as hard as it looks, but why have I only caught one fish in my life? Because I'm an underperformer in fishing. It made me cry when I caught the fish. I don't hunt, I don't fish. What kind of man am I? Obviously not that kind of man. I know. It's pretty sad. It's tragic, isn't it? Does it make you want to cry? That's right, Jack. Like, when I see people who, who don't have all their teeth, it makes me want to cry. It gets me sad. It gets me upset. Come on. You can do better than that. I know. It's really, really, really upsetting to see people in the world who are using shoes for more than four months in a row. It's, it's, it, it, it breaks my heart. Shut up, boo. Okay. Enough out of me, so says T. Oh. You know what's so funny about that whole thing? The difference between someone who's 35 and older and someone who's 35 and younger. People who are 35 and younger think that's uh, Dave Chappelle. People who are 35 and older think that's Mr. T. So it's actually Dave Chappelle doing Mr. T or something along those lines. Or maybe it's Chewbacca doing Mr. T doing Dave Chappelle. Did you see who's been cast in the new Star Wars movie? That bad kid from Breaking Bad. Was his name Todd? He's going to be the new main character in Princess Leia. Bless her. Um, Jesse Plemons going to be the new lead in the new Star Wars film coming out December 2015 that's a long way off but there you go am I excited by it not really he played Todd who was a methamphetamine cook and former exterminator for Vominous Pests he worked for Walter White and Jesse Pinkman on their newly founded meth manufacturing business I think he was in Friday Night Lights. And what's interesting, I was referring to him, I said, the blonde guy from Breaking Bad. And someone goes, you mean the ginger? I know, right? 
Some people are that kind of rude. Um, early 20s? Just throwing it out there. Oh, that's all I got for you. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Um, I say, ladies and gentlemen, do not go into a building over one story high today. People are in watch out if you're in a, on the sidewalk underneath a tall building. It's ugly out there. The NASDAQ is down 1%. Down 43 points. I know. I know. Here we were up 30% last year, and we can't be at that level forever. We knew that. And this is the day. This is the day. It's red across the board. It's hideous. The humanity. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 169, down 1%. It, too, is getting murder-lated. The S&P 500 is down 17, down 1%, so 1827. Ten-year Treasury sits at 2.8%. Mortgage rates should uh, ease off a little bit on that. Recent plummet. January's been one of those months that it doesn't feel good. <laughs> what did Arnold say? It's down. It's down? Oh, get down. Gotcha. Sorry, Arnold. Need a little bit more audio on that one. Otherwise, that one may have to be retired because that's a tough one to figure. Um, so, yeah, this January started off at 1848. We're at 1826. We're at 22 points down for the year. We're down less than one-fifth of 1%. We're not going to cry, are we? Woohoo! Netflix. You guys see that? That's a winner, winner chicken dinner. Sitting up $23 billion market cap. Sitting at $388, up 54 bucks today, up 16%. Chinese firm Lenovo is going to buy IBM server business for $2.3 billion. You know what I hate about this world? Part of me wants to say ancient Chinese secret. The other part of me wants to say don't do it because you're going to have to get on Twitter and you're going to have to apologize because someone's going to be offended about that 1970s whisk commercial where the woman was able to get collars cleaner than the, the wife. The suburban housewife couldn't get her husband's collars clean, but the Chinese old lady had an ancient Chinese secret, and that ancient Chinese secret was whisk. I'm not going to apologize. I see too many people apologizing on Netflix, or not on Netflix, but isn't it kind of sad? Part of our news right now is, did Justin Bieber get drunk and drive? Did Justin Bieber dump Cibelina? Did Justin Bieber, you know, rape one of his listeners, uh, fans? And the other part of it is, I'm sorry for offending this person. I'm sorry for offending that person. I'm sorry for offending this person. The news is Justin Bieber and apologies. I have nothing to apologize for right now. Southwest... Airlines posted record uh, earnings, $212 million. I have no opinion on that. Um, I prefer Virgin America when I fly. But Southwest isn't bad. This is a company that was kind of left for, not dead, but massive underperformance for a large part of the uh, late 2000s, -2000s, mid-2000s, early 2000s, early 2000s. you know, from 2010, uh, 2000 and what was that? Uh, eight to 2012, the stock basically fluctuated eight dollars to eight dollars. 
And then now you look at it, it's at $22. Airlines are hot and sexy, ladies and gentlemen. They've consolidated. They have no competition. They're raising fares. And uh, they're charging more for bags. Now, when I say bags, I'm not talking about your old lady. I'm talking about the airline bags, whether you're carried on or uh, stow it. So they've kind of grown up. 41st consecutive year of profitability for the low-cost airline. Who would have known? It's not exactly been a rock and a rolling stock since 2000, but it's been pretty strong since 1980. Defeating the thesis that you can't really make money in airlines. You can find me online at Twitter, Rob Black Show. Facebook, Cron4 Rob Black. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Who are the winners and losers on Wall Street? Netflix surged 16%. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. <laughs> so Netflix CRE days, dude. It's nice when your stock's at an all time high because you are able to say a lot of things that you really want to say. Last week, HBO's president said, you know, we're not that concerned with people sharing passwords is it gets them kind of addicted to our programming and then they want to get the programming themselves. So Hastings Snark, that was an interesting comment. So I guess Richard Plepler, CEO of HBO, doesn't mind me sharing his account information. So it's plepler at hbo.com and his password is Netflix bitch. When you hear that, you're like, did he just say that? And is he so arrogant that he's putting those two words together. He's basically saying, we own HBO. That's pretty air. I mean, be careful, Reed. That's... You've got a dirty, whorish mouth. You have. (laughs) Makes me want to punch myself in my baby maker. The S&P 500 step. That's what I'm going to do. Great shot to the baby maker. Right. Thanks, dude. S&P 500 is down 16. The Dow is down 166. Nasdaq down 36. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. He's with NewFocusFinancial.com. He manages wealthy clients. You can find out more at NewFocusFinancial.com. The American workplace is getting older and grayer. Two-thirds of Americans between the age of 45 and 60 plan to delay retirement. That's up from 42% just two years ago. That's pretty alarming to me, Chad. Oh, it's going to be so exponentially bad in the next 10 years, Rob. And people are delaying retirement for obvious reasons. Um, A lot of middle-aged Americans, they drew down their savings during the lean years, and they have to rebuild their savings. Um, There's so many ramifications here. An older workforce, you may want to stay, but you may not be able to stay. An older workforce is hurting the people in their 20s who are coming out of college with $27,000 in debt, not being able to get jobs, no wage inflation because there's competition for jobs. The ramifications are enormous. 
Well, and part of it, too, is just not that a lot of people retire, they don't feel like they have the security, because in the past, you could go put half your money in CDs and bonds and and get five and a half to six and a half percent just systematic income, right, without a whole heck of a lot of risk. Well, the deleveraging around the world has caused you know, central banks to print money and buy their own government bonds, and it's got interest rates you know, at, at historical lows. So that has really negatively affected our seniors. It's negatively affected pension plans that can't increase their payouts with inflation, and it's going to negatively affect Social Security. So it's 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 a tough scenario to retire, even though we're enjoying really low tax brackets. It's it's a it's a much harder endeavor right now. There's a positive for like the utility industry, which is facing disruptive skill shortages when older workers retire. A lot of people don't want to work for utility companies. It's quote unquote beneath them. Um, so keep them there. That's great. But at the same time, senior employees can be expensive for companies. I wouldn't want to hire a senior because it's it as a small business owner, it jacks up your health insurance because the average age of the employees go higher. Um, on top of it, you know, they demand a little more salary. Those silly old people demanding a competitive <laughs> wage. Well, you know, with some of the small businesses that aren't required to have a plan as we move into 2014, yeah. when the Affordable Care Act is fully implemented, there may be businesses that just say, you know what, here's a small raise, go out to some of the exchanges that each state are going to create, get your health insurance on your own. Maybe that problem will you know, somehow be solved, however, it'll come back to bite us in the form of higher taxes. And ultimately, uh, again, the ramifications on you know, teenage kids coming out of college or starting college and going to college, it's hurting them. And you know who spends money in our economy are people in their 20s. Mm-hmm. So if they don't have jobs because the old people are, are hogging the jobs, it's just another reason to hate an old person. Yeah, and you know all these things that we talk about can cause investors to be depressed about the concept or the idea of investing in stocks. But you know the S&P 500 has half of its revenue or more coming from overseas, and the emerging markets, just China alone, that has you know 13 to 15 million people every year moving from farms to cities to become consumers. Um, don't be depressed in terms of investing and make sure you think very globally in terms of opportunity. What we're talking about is very U.S.-centric, where U.S. has kind of gone the way of what Japan did over the last decade. Now, keeping older Americans in the workforce in of itself is a great thing because you expand the labor pool to draw upon. But the reasons people are staying in the workforce is the sad part. And, you know, my best friend, his, his parents both worked in the CIA and they had amazing pensions, and they still have amazing pensions. My dad worked in the United States Army, and he had an amazing pension. You and I don't really have that option. Um, our generation, we don't see a lot of our friends with amazing pensions. No, you have to do it on your own. And now it has to be a mindset of always accumulating assets instead of liabilities and always accumulate assets that, that pay you currently, whether that's stocks with dividends or positive cash flow real estate. You have to think of accumulation now and being responsible for your own retirement. So one idea about staying in retirement is you stop, well, well, you keep money coming in. When people retire, the money stops coming in, and they have to live off what they have, plus Social Security, and Social Security is not that much. Keeping money coming in. When I get to the point, Chad, I think I'm always going to want money coming in. I'm always going to want, whether it's passive income from investments mm-hmm. or whether it's you know me going over to the neighbor's house and fixing their plumbing. And that's not an innuendo for anything. It's just <laughs> me going over and fixing their plumbing. Um, I don't want to get on someone's roof because I'll fall and die, but, you know, I've got some basic carpenter skills. I've got got a pretty cool set of tools. Good. (laughs) You're going to be the handyman in the neighborhood, right? You don't really believe me, do you? (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) I don't. 
But are you going to try to stay with some active income, or, you, or, or do you think there's a day where you're done? Um, I don't think I'll ever be done. You know, it's funny because in this business, even though a lot of times clients become friends, so you, you, you're used to seeing it, and it's a matter of transitioning your business, and I already have – you know, kids that are interested in the business. So I'll probably have... That so is not going to happen. <laughs> it will. I guarantee it. I'm going to um, have my buyout to be triple. <laughs> triple to quadruple or higher. Okay, okay. But I think I'll be involved in it some way, shape, or form. I want to know that I can quit, but I also want to know that I can continue if I if I so see fit. But there's got to be an end. If you're an older person in a business, realize that once you probably hit your 70s and 80s, the younger people are probably more comfortable to have you eventually actually exit. (laughs) So no matter how much you like to think that you're wanted. Just know that, tell your children that I'm going to put the company up for sale and it's going to the highest bidder. (laughs) It's going to be greed is good, Gordon Gecko. It is. It's going to get nasty in about 30 years. It's going to get real nasty. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. One day his children will be running the company, newfocusfinancial.com. So I don't know if that's a sign of the apocalypse, but here's a sign of the apocalypse. Tweets are going out about Justin Bieber. My dad, my dad said this morning, literally, they just need to leave Justin Bieber alone. Such haters. It's from Justine. The Bieber Vogue wrote, so my mom just came in the room and said, did you hear about Justin? I hid under my covers and said, I don't want to talk about it. Another tweet said, guys, I will die if Justin goes to jail. This just can't be happening. Please, someone wake me up from this nightmare. Another tweet said, oh, my God, Justin in jail. What? No, please, no. Oh, my God, I'm crying. No, please. This is Rob Black. RepairLowT.com. That's RepairLowT.com. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. We live in a very interesting time. And a lot of things are kind of blending and hitting each other all at the same time. I know that sounds like a, a dramatic statement, and it is a little bit dramatic. Um, I was lucky enough to be raised by a family who insisted we all go to college. It didn't matter what we did in college. It mattered that we went to college and finished college. I say that numerous times. I say that I was lucky that I wasn't born in Shreveport, Louisiana. There's a very good chance if I was born in Shreveport, Louisiana, that I probably would have married my high school sweetheart, and I probably wouldn't have broken out of that cycle of, eh, this is good enough. Parents in Shreveport, Louisiana have a much tougher time saving for college because wages are a lot lower in that part of the world than they are on the coast of the United States. 
So I say this on a regular basis, that I feel lucky. But at the same time, you know, there's some luck is I don't believe in luck. You know, some people say, ah, in hockey, that's a lucky play. There's no luck in hockey. If you've ever played hockey, it's tough just to stand up. And then you get, you know, 200-pound men pushing you. It becomes brutal to play that game. There's no luck. You know, yeah, it could bounce off your stick in a funny way, but you put your stick in a place that it could bounce off in a funny way. So, yes, it could bounce off, you could bounce in the air and it bounces off your head, but yeah, you were close enough to the goal without getting pushed over that it was able to bounce off your head and into the goal. I don't really believe in luck. I believe people make their own luck. I believe in opportunities are created. The first USA Today Pew Research poll came out. And it talks about the income gap. And basically it says, what's more to blame if a person is poor? 50% of respondents said it's circumstances beyond his or her control. 35% say it's lack of effort. Now, I started the segment by saying I was lucky enough to be born into a family that demanded we go to college. My dad would have done anything to make sure that we went to college. Within reason. He didn't pay necessarily, but he helped sign with loans for four brothers and a sister. I was lucky enough that I didn't have to go into his you know, shenanigans because, yeah, he would sign a loan for you, but he would also play games with you. Like he wanted to see your report card. And when you're 20 years old, you don't want to show your report card to your parents anymore. So I had brothers who fought with him over that. I was athletically inclined, so I didn't need to. When asking this poll, and again, 50% say circumstances behind his or her control, and 35% say lack of effort. So clearly, the people who are successful say, you know, you stayed in Shreveport because you lacked effort to break out of Shreveport. When asked what has more to do with a person being rich, 51% say they worked harder than most other people. 38% said they had more advantages than other people. (laughs) That's fascinating. It's almost the exact flip of the first question of why why are people poor? Why are people rich? So 35% of why people are poor, it's lack of effort. 51% say it's, it's wealth because they worked harder than others. Now, at the same time, there was another study released, at the, you know, side by side with this one, that said the odds of a child moving up the economic ladder in this country haven't changed significantly over time. Yesterday, I did a story that said, I actually have a friend who I'm mad at, and I'm mad at a lot of people. I'm clearly angry. I'm mad at Sarah Jessica Parker for encouraging women to buy $400 shoes. I'm mad at a lot of people. I've got a lot of anger in my heart. But I'm mad at people. I've got friends who are barely getting by, and they won't leave California because they don't want to leave the beaches. They're barely getting by. So when you're 60, you're eating cat food in a trailer park, and you're close to a beach. I hope that satisfies you. Because you work from age 20 to 60. One of the very first things I talked about today, in this hour, was that you will get to retirement if you put yourself in a position of having a 401k for 30 years. You will replace 60 to 70% of your income if you do it for 30 years. That means by the age of 30, you've got to get serious about money. Your 20s, they're not practice. They're not like baby teeth. I look at baby teeth as practice teeth. So... You're with me against me on this one. Vince Young. So I get mad at my friends who aren't willing to move. 
I moved four times from my career, and every time it took me a step from middle income to upper middle income to lower upper middle income to middle upper income. Every time I made that move, I'm not filthy rich. I've got enough to live till the day I die, but I'm not filthy rich. I don't have a yacht. I don't want a yacht. I don't have a Lambo. I don't want a Lambo. I'm not Justin Bieber's friend. Former NFL quarterback Vince Young has gone from a $25.7 million guaranteed contract to Chapter 11. He signed a five-year deal with $25.7 million guaranteed in 2006. He signed a one-year deal with the Philadelphia Eagles that was worth up to $5 million in 2011. Um, to sum up the irresponsible spending of athletes, they make a lot of money, they spend a lot of money. And that sums up a lot of people that I see in their 20s and 30s. They make a lot of money, but they spend a lot of money. A lot of my friends went to Thailand over Christmas. And I, I look at that, I'm like, okay, when you're 60 and eating cat food, right now you are one disability away from being poor the rest of your life. And Oh, no. I've got a phone call. <laughs> phone call for P.W. Herman. <laughs> Let's go to Vince and San Leandro. Hey, Vince. Hello. Sir, uh, I'm here, Vince. Yeah, hey, honey, it's great to speak with you, sir. I, you know, I have a quick question uh, regarding 401Ks. I invest in one myself. I, I try to, uh, you know, max out every year as much as I can. And, but I hear... Other opinions that the 401ks are not the best place to put your money because of all these uh, supposedly hidden fees. And I called my, you know, the the well, the fund, the uh, you know, who has the, who runs the 401k, and they don't tell me that. And those the fees that are posted on my statement, I'm I'm aware. Of. I don't. Are there other fees that? That I'm not aware of that is supposedly taking all this money from people in their 401ks. Yeah, typically what you're talking about with hidden 401k fee commercials, it's people uh, are trying to get you to invest in real estate. People are trying to get you to invest in annuities. So I would be very cautious. How many people do I know that are filthy rich from maxing out their 401k? A lot. How many people do I know that have gotten to retirement because of their 401k? A lot. A majority. It's the number one way to get to retirement. Yes. Are there bad 401ks out there? Yes. Sometimes your company will make a deal that they don't know they're making. You know, go look at the person in AHR. Sometimes they're not the brightest monkey. And they will help set up a 401k that has, like, the American funds, and they'll put an advisor in place where the advisor is, you know, getting a cut of the American funds. 5.75% of your dollars out of 100 so basically $6 out of 100 are going to the advisor and his brokerage for you to have the right to buy these mutual funds. That's a 1970s practice. It's a 1980s practice. It started to disappear in the 1990s. If you were to go with Fidelity or Vanguard or TD Ameritrade or T. Rowe Price or Charles Schwab funds in your 401k, you're probably going to be pretty well off because they're low cost, low fees. I would be cautious on some of the funds that you put yourself into because not all funds are created equal. Some of them do have high fees. Uh, but would I worry going to bed at night that your 401k is ripping you off? No. In the 70s and 80s, there was a little bit more of that. But as costs have come down in the industry, as there has been what are called third-party administrators that are responsible for ma managing and maintaining your 401ks, 
you've seen a lot of some of the, the shadier side go away. Um, I would not worry about it, but what, when you're hearing people say, watch out for the managed to the, the, the hidden fees, it's typically Shylocks. It's pe- typically idiots. It's some people in media who will buy a radio show, who will buy a TV show, and who want to get you or attention by scaring you. I would not be scared. Um, again, it's the number one way to get wealthy. You're not paying federal taxes. You're not paying capital gains taxes. It's growing tax deferred. You're able to reinvest those capital gains taxes that you would have been paying, um, capital gains, into your own money. And it comes out later at a lower income bracket. And, again, it lowers your taxable income this year. There's no better way of saving for retirement than a 401K, a 403B, or a 457 for 98% of Americans. Um, so, Vince, I would not – don't pay attention to the noise. Yeah, Thanks well, thank and I totally agree because I've been in mine for about, well, you know, over a little over 20 years. And the, the only downside uh, that, you know, through my, my employer, uh, there's a limitation on some mutual funds. I have a, a Vanguard IRA also, which I love. But in the 401Ks, like I say, there are varying fees. And I try to pick index funds. With the lowest fees, some some fees, the, the annual expense ratios are just way too high, and I'll stay away from those. And uh, so I I totally agree. That's why you're confirming what I already thought, but then I'm hearing this other side, and, and I go, what? You know, so I wanted to, I, I appreciate your opinion very much, though. My advice, Vince, is listen to only my show, two hours a day, five days a week. Be a member of the 10-hour club. Stop listening to other financial media. A lot of it there is for sensation, for hype, for fear. It's, at times, my show is incredibly boring. I sex it up with sex and not with fear and greed. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. When I grow I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of Both the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the S&P 500. We're up 3.8% uh, for the year. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls in the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. We're living in a pretty good golden age of streaming. Whether it's iHeartRadio, whether it's KDOW.biz, you can stream the show. Tell friends about that. But you can also stream all sorts of radio content. And next year it's going to get even more convoluted and crazy. I can imagine a day where there won't be AM and FM radios in cars. 
what there will be is a dashboard that allows you to listen to AM if you want to, or it allows you to program FM if you want to through iHeartRadio or through your local antenna. Or if you want news is in a single word, robots. Or if you want your robot server to get music from your home, you could upload it if you want. You could put it in the cloud. Your car will be able to grab it. This is a year away. This is not like 50 years away. This is a year. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Um, leading economic index today edged up one tenth of a percent in the month of December, six month in a row. That's nice. Existing home sales rose one percent in December. That's nice. Year over year for 2013 versus 2012, sales of existing homes up 9.1%. Still a pretty low number from where we were in the go-go glory days, but a nice number. There's a 4.6-month supply of homes at the current sales pace. That's a problem if you're a buyer. No, hold on. Let's see. Now, that's a good thing if you're a seller. It's a problem if you're a buyer. There's not enough homes on sale right now. When inventory hits six to nine months, it's too much. I want to sell my home in four months or less. I don't want to be paying mortgages on it while I'm packing up and leaving for more than four months. I want to leave. I want to pack up. I want to go. Um, so when homes sit on the market for six, seven, eight, nine months, they fall in price. At 4.6, they tend to get demand. They get, tend to get multiple offers. The mayor of London, whose name I don't know, but he's in Davos right now, and he's got crazy white hair. I know you're saying, geez, man, do a little bit more homework before you talk out loud. Okay, his name's Johnson. You believe me, right? He says the big problem in housing in big cities right now is a shortage of housing. His name's Boris. Who names their kid Boris and doesn't want your kid to grow up to be a henchman? He says we're seeing huge increases in property values because of international investors wanting to buy this asset. Investors from the Middle East to Asia have been buying central London homes because of the city's reputation as a haven for wealth, propelling prices beyond levels reached before the financial crisis. Homes in London and southeast England had the highest price growth in the U.K. last month and will extend gains in 2014. He says it's a great strength for us, but we need thousands of more homes. It's not that they deserve the value. It's that there's a shortage of. Netflix stock up 16%. Huge subscriber growth. Seriously, who names their kid Boris? He grew up to be a mayor. they got to be incredibly proud of that. His brother Igor grew up to be a medical assistant. Ah, The rungs of the income ladder have grown further apart. I think that's the best way of explaining lowest incomes and highest incomes from the 1970s to the 1990s. Rank-based measures of mobility remained stable. Income and quality increased substantially over the period of 20 years. There's kind of a birth lottery to parents who a child is born. It depends on where your parents are in that rung of the ladder on how high you can ultimately go. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Okay, there's a good article on the 401k today. If anyone wants to email me, because we've got a call in the last segment about someone who's listening to various shows, and 
this one show basically told him, like, run, you can't trust Wall Street, they're out to get you. Anyone wants the article on retirement prospects fairly good for people with 401k plans, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. This good offer only good for today. I'm not your publisher. I'm not your email person. I'm not your marketer. I will give this only to people today because I got stuff to do in my life. Peace and love. Peace and love. If you want an autographed copy, I'm not going to do it after today. Retirement prospects are fairly good for people with 401k plans. It's an article in Money and Company. Um, Drop me an email and I will throw it out to you today. Um, Justin Bieber arrested. Kids aren't going to school today. They're so upset and so distraught that they won't do their midterms uh, because Justin Bieber has been arrested for drunk driving and he was clearly under the influence of something as well. Uh, (laughs) One more time. Oh my God, no way. I don't even know what that means. Oh, but that's okay. That's all right. That's okay. We could do it anyway. Um, Southwest, good numbers. Uh, today, the big number comes out at 1 o'clock, 1.15 our time. It's uh, Starbucks. We've seen retailers in the United States struggle, and yet we continue to see strong consumer numbers on housing, strong consumer numbers on autos, strong consumer numbers on job gains. They're spending it somewhere. Is it at Starbucks? Or is the consumer dead? We'll talk about this more tomorrow. You're listening to One and Only Rob Black. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the show. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Find me on Cron4, Facebook, Cron4, Rob Black. Take a break. Be back in 22 hours. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.